Up to the turn, though, it's Lock and Barat by five metres. King of Swing is struggling. Third quarter was 26.1. It's Lock and Barat, five metres, Elter Orlando. Then came battling on King of Swing. It's Lock and Barat from Elter Orlando is trying really hard, but it's Lock and Barat. His name is Artie. It's time to party with Artie. And Lock and Barat, Australia's best horse, wins arguably Australia's best race. The Hunter Cup from Delray National. Exciting call, Dan Malecki. Lockenbarad, of course, went around and was heavily backed on the weekend at Melton, and it all went awry at the start, and then he had to work, and then he dropped out. But Kevin Gordon is joining us, uh, the part owner of this very good horse, because there's certainly news, big news at that. And Kevin uh, Kevin Gordon's with us now. How are you, Kevin? Yeah, good, thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. Good. He's a horse that's uh, obviously had some problems, hasn't he, in recent seasons? Yeah, look, he, he two and three and four year old seasons. He went he went through there without any issues whatsoever. And I guess uh, when problems come, they come, they come all and hit you at the one time. So he had a hoof problem leading into the Miracle Mile eighteen months ago, and that just uh, accumulated to other other issues. And uh, but we thought we had him back right again, and and then uh, and then this happened where he uh, he actually uh, had a, had a minor bleed on Saturday night, which, as we know in Australia, that's not a well, it's not a good thing from a welfare point of view for the animal. Uh, which I'm very aware of, but uh, certainly there's uh, some decisions to make now of what we do with him uh, over the next sort mm. of uh, next period. Was it just one nostril, was it? No, he didn't actually, it wasn't that heavy a bleed. He didn't bleed out of the nostrils. He didn't get that far. It was just a minor bleed in the lungs that when they scoped him, they saw it. So it didn't get to that stage. So we caught it very early. Um, so that's that's a very positive thing. Um, look, it can, Steve, it can be treated here and they can race in Australia and they can be can be sort of um, treated here, but you know, it's it's a bit of a risk, um, and I don't like taking a risk with a horse of this reputation and, and this amount of ability. And um, you know, they can only race when they're treated over here every every two or three weeks. So you know, um, certainly certainly if he's going to race again, it'll be in the US. Yeah, that's what I want to talk to you about because we know that Lasix, that that drug that's been around for such a long time, the anti-bleeding product, we know a lot of thoroughbreds race on it over there, and also a lot of standard breads as well. So can you take us through what you, you know, how this would this might um, materialise this trip to America with Lock and Varart? Sure, Steve. Look, look, Lasix, as you know, as you just said, is an anti anti bleeding agent, and it's it's. I've done a bit of homework, obviously, in the last twenty four hours, and there is no issues welfare wise to the animals when they race on Lasix. Um, it can't race on it here in Australia, but pretty well everywhere else in the world you can. So, um, as you said, a lot of horses, thoroughbreds, um, and paces, standardbreds do head to America for that reason, um, and they race successfully for years and years and years, and it doesn't affect their health moving forward for the animal so that that certainly you know to me ticks that box and um you know so look at the end of the day i'm leaning towards that trip to america it's either that or retiring so i've made the decision he won't race here and again in australia so we'll either go back to stud where he spent 12 months at mccarthy's um uh, a year or so ago 18 months ago 12 months ago or so um but i'm leaning towards an american trip at this stage okay so when will he leave uh, look, you can't. Um, the rule with the with the airlines is they don't take horses on a plane within 21 days of them racing. So you'd have to wait another, say, three weeks before we could get him on a flight if this flight's available. We will be making that decision later in the week. Look, let me say this: um, it's a triangle, as I've said before. This this thing, this, this, uh, there's 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 art at the head of the triangle. Dave Moran, who has had the horse since he was a yearling, and myself as the owner. 
Um, and, you know, I really feel for David. He's had the horse for, you know, four or five years and he's, he's built up such a, a relationship. And in Queensland, you could, you could sort of maybe compare him to Vic Rowe and Vo Rowe back in the day, you know, where, where the partnership of the, the horse and the trainer were, were just one. So it's, it's, it's really for David, you know, it's a very, very hard pill to swallow what happened on Saturday night and, and what potentially might happen to the animal, um, you know, from David's point of view. So, um, We've got to take that into consideration as well. Um, but, you know, um, a trip to America to me is, is probably the way we'll go. Um, and But obviously, if things don't go right over there, he won't even race over there. Okay. Uh, we'll, bring, we'll bring him back. Yeah. So. so October, he could potentially be on a plane. And if you proceed, who would train up in the Northern Hemisphere? Okay, so I've got a good uh, relationship with Shane and Lauren Tritton. You may know them. They were one of the leading trainers in New South Wales before they decided to head off to the US and race. Um, they, um, they're, they're, they're going sensational over there. I've got a yearling that I bought at the, at the New York sales that they're training for me. His name's Lockenbard Dundee. So, I mean, if he goes over there, I'd stick with the, uh, the Novocastrians like I am, born and bred in Newcastle, a pair of them. So basically, uh, he would go to Shane and Lauren Trudeau. Mm, I bet they're excited, but potentially training this, this star. Where are they based over there? They're based at um, Pine Bush, which is, I believe, about an hour or so out of, uh, out of New York. Uh, not too of, far. Yeah, what's their the training set up like to give our listeners an idea? Yeah, look, they, they do it all a bit different over there in the US um, as far as that goes. They, they train out of a big complex there um, on, on a track at Pine Bush. Uh, um, so, yeah, it's, it's, I haven't actually been there, but I've seen a lot of videos from the young horse that I've got over there. Um, so, yeah, they, they train from a – it's a bit like Menangle, I guess, where they have, well, the, 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 um, they have a training facility there for the, for the horses and the trainers. So apparently it's like that. Mm. Uh, so, so apparently um, that's that's how it'll go. But look, at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of emotion going around at the moment, and I really feel for Dave Moran. So, I mean, I'm not sure if you're aware, but David was out for seven months, and um, Sunday was supposed to be the uh, best day of his life. For Sunday was the day he was actually back, but turned out to probably be the worst day of his life when this happened on Saturday night. So, mm. so a lot of emotions running a bit high with David, obviously, um, about what we're going to do. So, you know, David's a good friend now, so I've been talking to him about it, and we're just going to let the dust settle for the next few days. Yeah, I understand, but it might just come down to a business decision, I suppose, in the end, Kevin. Yeah, look, look, it is that, but at the same time, I respect the animal. He, he's he's put David on the map. He he's he's just done wonderful for us. I looked at all his trophies last night. You know, um, upstairs. You know, you've got a Victoria Cup. You've got you've got. I think he's won six Group One races. Um, we missed out on the Constellation where we got an invitation up there to Albion Park because of COVID. They they didn't go ahead with that race. Um, you know, he won so many good Group One races and, and raced the best. So I mean, let's face it, he beat King of Swing and Self Assured and. Um, you know, uh, he was very competitive against those horses and, and beat them every time, pretty well every time he raced against them. So, so yeah, look, it is a business decision. But at the same time, you know, I have to respect the animal and respect what he what he is. And if we can't get him back right again, I'm not going to sort of um, I'm not I'm not going to race him just for the hell of racing him in, in weaker races. I mean, he either gets back to his best or he retires. As simple as that. Yeah, is there a race in the states, Shane, and you have just tentatively discussed that he could target maybe? 
you know, later in the year if he does go or next year that you'd like to win with him? There's a lot of big races over there, but there is there is some races January, February, which is their colder ones, obviously. But they harness racing in Victoria, uh, sorry, in, in in the US is is in some ways bigger than thoroughbred racing. I mean, it's it's big prize money. I mean, there's plenty of two and three and four and five hundred thousand dollar US dollars. We're talking prize money, so that's that's only part of the motivation. You know, part of the motivation is to do the right thing by David, to do the right thing by the horse, and just everything has to be put into a pot and a decision will be made. But certainly, I can assure you, Steve, I am leaning that way. At this okay, stage. that's uh, yeah. We're watching his career up there very closely. I was just looking at his record again this morning. You know, 56 starts he's had. Was it 28 wins and 16 seconds and six thirds? How old is he now, Kevin Lockenvara? Uh, he's just turned just turned six. Just turned six, so he's certainly you know still got a bit of youth on his side. Oh yeah, look, look, you know, um, particularly over there because they only race over a mile, the shorter distances. So that would that would suit him. So um, I mean, he, he, I think he holds a world record at uh, on a thousand metre track over a mile. He went an unbelievable mile rate at Milton um, in the Bonanza down there, one forty eight six over a mile on a 1,000-metre track. And I, I'm pretty confident they said that was a world record at the time, and he still holds that. So I think in America, if he was right, and if we got him back to his best, which which I feel we can, but we'll, we'll just have to let that play out. I mean, he could run anything over there. Just to that free-for-all the other night, has he ever done that at the start where he's been, you know? Never. No, never, never. First time. So, mm. What, what you know, caused sure it, do you think? Well, look, we just don't know. You know, we just just not sure. But he's he's never done it in every start. Never in every start, he's never galloped. So, something was amiss with the animal. Maybe he knew. Um, I I don't know. I mean, it's unfortunately you can't get inside their heads and ask questions. But but there was no reason for it. Um, he settled down after he galloped, and and then and then took it to uh, Bondi Lockdown, and we know how good Bondi Lockdown is and put his head in front down the back and looked like it was the Artie of old and then just capitulated in that last 200 metres when when the, when he started sort of the, the rush of blood came through. So, um, like I said, it was only a minor bleed, which is a great thing. We've caught it early, so it's not like he's, uh, he's, he's, he's a long way away from, from producing enough blood in the lungs to come into the nostril. So, so that's a great thing um, because even the heavy bleeders go to America and can race. So... So he's certainly not in that category. Yeah, and often they go faster too in that drug, don't they? Well, I, I don't know about that. I don't know enough about it, but uh, but uh, he doesn't need to go any faster. No, he, he doesn't. To to um, just you <laughs> mentioned he did some time at start. How many mares did he serve during that yeah, time? He served 30 mares um, when he was at uh, Luke McCarthy's. Um, he served 30 mares, one of our mares uh, uh, that my four girls, my four daughters own. Her name is Gordon Girl. She won 10 or 12 races. Um, she's due to follow in about two weeks to him. So, so... You know, look, he's certainly, as I said the other day to someone, that he's probably not the best bred stallion in the world at stud. Uh, however, he's got attributes that broodmare owners want in their yearlings. Toughness, speed, and just race week to week and, and, and you know, battle through. I mean, what he did in the Hunter Cup when he was a little bit sore leading into that, he just he just blew them away. So... Um, uh, and that was that replay. I think he just um, just played where he beat King of Swing and all Orlando. Um, so, you know, he's got those attributes that, that breeders want. So, you know, 30 mares was good for his first season, considering he was mixing that with a little bit of work to keep him fit to get back to the races. So, um, yeah, so that was good. And, and we'll see what that brings. Mm. That's that's a, that's a whole next next 
career, isn't it, for him? Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like you're pretty busy there, Kevin. I won't hold you up for too much longer, but can you just put the Lock and Varart story? You mentioned modern art and the the, the, the dam, uh, Ponder in Paris, only had a handful yep. of starts, won four races. But can you take me back to the start, how you became involved with this horse initially and just the, the Lock and Var prefix with all your horses? I think your wife went to boarding school, didn't she, at Lock and Var? Yeah, she did. So we only went to school many years ago, obviously, at, uh, at Lock and Var, uh, which is a, a suburb, a small town outside Newcastle. Um, and and, uh, and she bought her there. There was a foal born across the road, um, and the suburb down the street was Rutherford, and, and the mayor's name was Rutherford Girl. So Leone's father bought bought the little foal, and uh, and gave it to gave it to Leone as a present because she was at school there, and, and they said, oh well, let's call it Lockenbar Girl. Now this was in the, the mid seventies, and uh, and uh, turned out she uh, turned out all right. And uh, Vic Vic Frost, of course, you know Vic very well. Lives up, lives up your way now, and, and races at Albion Park all the time. Um, and uh, we're good friends with uh, with Vic, and uh, Vic took the mare and uh, Lockenbar Girl, and I think she won 13 or 14 races at Harold Park. She won the Menangle Park Cup, the Kaiser Saw Cup, um, Australia Day Cup, and those sorts of races. Um, so she was a great mare and a great introduction to racing for us. And and from that day on, we've we've kept the prefix. We have it registered for greyhound racing, um, but no one else can use it. You can't do that with harness, but but we've certainly uh, using that name anyway. So. So yeah, it's it's great to keep that going. Um, and and Lockenbar Art, as far as when we bought him, he was a yearling, and David picked him out of the yearling sales and rang me up and said, "Mate, I see this little colt here. I, I really really like him. Do you want to buy him?" And I said, "Yep, if you like him, let's buy him." So um, mate, we paid twenty nine thousand for him. And did you ask David what he liked about him? Yeah, just confirmation. It was all about the confirmation. Was it? And yeah, yeah. David's big on that. And, um, he sort of looked at the horse and, and looks at the breeding second. He looks more at the horse and the confirmation and how straight their legs are and, and those sorts of things. Um, and he's a horseman. Um, so he, he just said, I really like him. And he was, you know, $29,000 yearling, which is fairly cheap yearling. And that was because of his breeding. And he certainly repaid that a few times. Mm. It's lovely of you to join us. You mentioned that win where he burnt the track one night over a mile at Belton. We're going to pick up the closing stages of that race. But thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. Good on you, Steve, and I'll certainly let you know when we make that decision later in the week. Please do. Thank you. Kevin Gordon thanks, joining thanks, us. Steve. Cheers. Thanks very much. Away. It's Lock and Varad in front of Self-Assured. They're well clear of Hurricane Harley. Turning for home, Lock and Varad, six metres in front of Self-Assured. Lock and Varad, he drifts towards the centre of the track. He's got a big lead. Self-Assured can't get to him. And Lock and Varad is much too good. In the yellow bar, four-year-old Bonanza. Lock and Varad beats Self-Assured. They space the others. 25 metres away, Hurricane Harley.